0: Hello and welcome to Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. Beat My Guest is a trivia podcast where each episode, one guest will take up residence in the torturous hot seat and attempt to prove that their Mensa membership was no fluke. The rules, well, they tend to change from time to time in order to keep my guests on their toes. But for the current version of the game, the rules are about as simple as they can get. Only one question will be asked. Only one answer will be required. Get it right, and you win all the glory. Get it wrong, and you win all the shame. So, welcome to a podcast that is guaranteed to be about 75% true, and join the millions of people who are playing along at home, hoping that they too can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so please give up. Kind round of applause to our first victim, I mean guest, in the hot seat for our new format. Rowan Ward. Rowan, how are you?
1: Great. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine. How does it feel? I mean, some people, they spend months trying to avoid getting in the hot seat. You seem to be a glutton for the proverbial punishment.
1: I am a glutton for the proverbial punishment, especially when the proverbial punishment involves getting trivia questions wrong, or picking the wrong horses in horse races. You know, I'm a glutton for punishment.
0: That's fine. You know, a uh, glutton for punishment, and, the, and this is being recorded shortly after Thanksgiving, so certainly you could be a glutton in other areas that are a little bit less forgiving.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm a glutton those things, too. I ate plenty of turkey, plenty of pie, drank plenty of beer, you know, I'm a glutton for all the things.
0: I think we're working on, a, uh, on an episode title here somewhere. or There may be a theme running throughout. We'll see. Uh, Rowan, uh, just in case someone might be joining the podcast for the first time, or a new listener might not know who the heck you are, this is your opportunity to introduce yourself to uh, the audience. Who are you? What do you do? What's new? What's going on? house tricks?
1: Certainly. My name is Rowan Ward. If you know me, you probably know that. And if you don't or if you do, hi, I'm Rowan. I live in Chicago. I am a giant horse racing nerd. I work at the racetracks around Chicago, both Hawthorne and Rest in Peace Arlington Racetrack, 1927 to 2021. That still really stings to say. Yeah, I'm a giant horse racing nerd. I also love my 1990s music. And yeah, I play a lot of trivia. I do the online quiz league I play Mimir as well I play learned league you know I'm I'm a glutton for trivial punishment and yeah I like horsies I like trivia and if you know that then you probably know 95% of what you need to know about me.
0: Excellent well that's good to know uh thank you for joining us yet again we got a new format. It's a brand new format. Before I explain to you what exactly you've gotten yourself into this time, Jetson,
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm going to need for you to randomly pick
0: a number between 1 and 12.
1: Does it have to be an integer?
0: Yes, it has to be an integer, you waskily web at you.
1: (laughs) I was saying earlier that film is my worst category on Learned League. I'll give you one guess as to my best. (laughs) Let's just put it this way. Whenever anyone says they were told there would be no math, I cry a little.
0: There you go. No, I hear you. Uh, Yes, uh, let's go with the real, (laughs) non-imaginary positive integers between 1 and 12.
1: So something that would turn up on the sadly much maligned D12. I will go with 12.
0: 12 and just for grins because I'm just like this two more numbers between 1 and 12. I really wanted 3 but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to space it out a little bit.
1: 7 and 3.
0: 7 and 3. Excellent. So, uh I have 12 uh 12 categories ready here and I'm going to give you your choice of the three uh those three that you picked of course were blind. I will let you know in a second what the uh Three you've chosen more so you can make an informed decision. A little bit of little bit fun for me, a little bit of fairness towards you. I like it. All right. So this season, Rowan, we're going to do something a little different here. We're playing a game on Beat My Guess called 75% True. Here's how it works. Only one question is going to be before you. And that question is simple. It's going to be the same every episode. It's which one of these four is not true. I'm going to read you four different facts except one of those facts ain't actually a fact it's a fiction and by the end of the episode you will have to decide which of those four is the fiction get it right and and you win get it wrong and uh you you also win just the the shame instead of the glory
1: so it's three truths and a lie
0: Essentially, I like I said, it's seventy five percent true, which means it's not copyrighted <laughs> and completely different and a completely original idea. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically, that's how it's going to work uh, as we go through the course of the episode, and I read you the facts. Uh, feel free, ask away, ask any clarifying questions you may have. You can delve deeper. Into the facts. If something doesn't make sense to you, you want me to explain what I said a little more. If you want to say, I was thinking about this. Maybe could you? Is it this? Did you mean this? Like, clarify as much as you want. And when you're ready to move on, we'll we'll move on. And uh, at the end of the four, uh, then you can make your uh, decision for the episode. Uh, one and done. Uh, I mean, it's it's real easy to beat my guest. I think perhaps seventy five percent of people will if you get it wrong, and if you get it right, well then they can't beat you, and they've been locked out. But at least they could draw. Yes, <laughs> we're all for the we're all for the the friendly ties here on on the new beat my guest. Uh, so with that in mind, let's get to it. Uh, each of the sets of four facts, quote unquote, that we're using uh, has a descriptive. Category that it is under, of course, that description may not be 100 percent helpful in determining what it is, but it might push you towards one more than the other So 12. kind of
1: like when my quizmaster here in Chicago gives us a theme, and the theme is consumables
0: <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So you have picked 12, 7, and 3. I will now read you, in no particular order, those three categories. Please talk about them and uh, discuss your, your thought process, because this is a podcast. Uh, would you like to play Spellcheck Required, Give Me a High Five, or What is Dead May Never Die? Spellcheck Required, Give Me a High Five, What is Dead May Never Die.
1: I know I'm supposed to talk about this, but one of these just jumped at me immediately. I mean, what is dead may never die. That's a nice little contradiction in terms. Pretty fun there. Give me a high five. I, I, I've played beer league softball. I've played beer league bowling. I've given plenty of high fives in my day. But what if I, what if I love to do my entire life about as much as I've loved to play trivia? Spelling bees. I did spelling bees in elementary school. I did spelling bees in middle school. I love when bars have adult spelling bees because it means I'm almost certainly going to leave the bar with a nice hefty bar tab to come back. I've actually never lost an adult spelling bee in a bar. So I'm going to go with spell check required.
0: Excellent. Now, it is not a question where I'm going to ask you to spell anything directly. I mean, because like I said, the question is the same. Yeah, I knew,
1: I knew it wasn't going to be that straightforward, but I felt drawn to it, so I was going to take it.
0: Excellent. And that's all the more reason to go that way, because really uh, some of these, you know, some of the, someone's going to pick one of these at some point and, and really be mad at me for direct- <laughs> sending them <laughs> down the very wrong path. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be Cheyenne Fletcher. No, just just, just <laughs> prediction, throwing it out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to Beat My Guest for a while, and you know what? I think you're right.
0: <laughs> All right, so again, here is how it's going to work. I am going to read you now four facts, quote unquote. One of them is in fact not a fact, but a fiction you, by the end of the episode, must Let me know which one you think is the fiction. But, you know, don't decide now. Let's hear them all one at a time. We'll take our time with it. And as you know, do not try to game theory this at all, folks. No matter how many episodes you listen to, these facts were written and then randomly shuffled around. So uh, really, you're not going to figure it out. They could all be the same letter all season long. You don't know. They could all be different. Nothing about game theory is going to help you here.
1: And the nice thing about being the first guinea pig is that I have nothing to game. This is also true,
0: but you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, Rowan, are you ready? I'm ready. Fact number one. Bonobos were considered to be nothing more than small chimpanzees until scientists realized they were in fact deserving of their own distinct taxonomic nomenclature in the 1920s. This followed Further study of these endangered creatures from the Congo River basin. Now, they actually should have been called belobos, but the shipping crate, which sent the animals back to Europe, had misspelled the name of the city from whence they came. That is your fact. Number one, we can go over any clarification you want. I can repeat any part of it you'd like, but uh, what is your understanding of fact number one and and what are you thinking about how true you might think it is?
1: All right. I, I was trying to write that down as you said it. And of course, I am a very slow writer. So I got about half of it down. I got the part about how bonobos were considered to be nothing but a small series of chimps until the 1920s. That it was supposed to be belobos, it was misspelled on the shipping crate, um, something about the city. But could you repeat that? Because I think there's a part in the middle that I missed.
0: No, I think that's pretty much what you, you got to hear. Bonobos considered to be nothing more than small chimpanzees until scientists realized they were deserving of their own distinct taxonomic nomenclature in the 1920s. Further study followed of these endangered creatures from the Congo River Basin, and they should actually have been called belobos. Which is different from bonobos because the shipping crate, which sent the animals back to Europe, had misspelled the name of the city from whence they came. That is your fact, and folks, and for you, Rowan, since you are our inaugural competitor here, uh, you know there's going to be something in the, in the fiction that is horrifically untrue. It's not going to be something very nitpicky. So, if okay. it's not going to be, it's not going to be that. It's oh, it was 1919, and that's not the 1920s. It's not going to be something that minor a thing, it's going to be some part of it that is absolutely false. There it's may not be going some be germ-
1: bomobos instead right. of right, <laughs>
0: right? Exactly. The thing that is the fiction is going to be something that is major enough for you to go oh, that's completely the opposite of what you said or something, or no, that never happened at all. Something like that. Uh, Even though parts of the fiction will actually be based in fact, and there'll be facts in it that do ring true.
1: Bonobos, considered to be nothing but small chimpanzees until the 1920s. Scientists decided they deserve their own taxonomic group. After further study, sending them out, misspelled the city, Bolobos instead of Bonobos. Trying to think if I have anything that I do want to ask you to clarify. So the city was the city they were sending the sending the primates or information about the primates from yeah, back to the, the, the labs the, outside the- of the Congo River Basin. The city is where they found the animals, or near right. where they found the animals. Yes,
0: the, ci- the city uh, where they found the animals was Bilobo, uh, and they were sending it back to Austria, I believe, and uh, they put on the crate shipment from Bonobo.
1: <laughs> and then decided that that's what they were going to call the taxonomic order of these animals, just after where they were found. Correct. Okay, yeah, I think... I think I have made sense of this fact and or fiction. So let's move on to fact and or fiction number two.
0: As always is the best procedure after one is to follow it with two. Correct. Uh, that's a, that wasn't a question though. So you don't get the points here. <laughs> here <laughs> is. It. Yeah, You're not going to beat me that quickly. It's
1: never that easy here.
0: No, never, never, never. All right.
1: You know, let's, let's
0: see how you feel. Maybe, maybe, one, maybe after number two, you'll have a better tipping of the scale. Fact number two. In 2013, the Vatican minted 6,000 commemorative coins in honor of the inauguration of Pope Francis. However, the guy in charge of this task was clearly quite fallible indeed. Instead of a sentence talking about an encounter between Jesus and a tax collector, the coin was erroneously engraved with the name Leezus. All of the coins ended up being recalled, but four of them were purchased before the mistake was noticed. And again, folks, if if this is the fiction, it's not going to be the fiction because, oh, it was five coins instead of four coins. That's not going to be a nitpicky thing like this. There
1: that. was 5,999
0: of these Leezus coins. <laughs> yes, Exactly.
1: <laughs> All I, all I know is I'm sure Kanye West was pissed because the coins didn't say Jesus on them.
0: <laughs> this is probably true. Uh, although uh, judging by the Vatican's history with wealth, the, probably only people like Kanye would be able to afford them.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know, just somebody had to pay Bernini for all that sweet sculpture all those years ago. <laughs> Vatican minted 6,000 coins for Pope Francis instead of with a quote about jesus and the tax collector um that has a certain ring of truth because as as bad as i am with bible trivia and anybody who watched my jeopardy episode knows how bad i am with bible trivia (laughs) i do know that there was actually a thing in the bible with jesus and a tax collector The coin said leases that's actually there's a certain ring of truth to that only because i know that like I assumed that this was in Latin, and you see a lot of I's in place of J's in Latin. So, I mean, maybe it was, you know, supposed to say like IESUS or something like that. And a capital L and a capital I, I could see that sort of passing by the eyes of the people checking the coins until finally being like, oh, crud, we screwed up. And then, of course, coin collectors love those messed up coins. I was actually... Just watching UHF, again, I've seen that movie so many times, I was just re-watching it a couple days ago, and it was the double-die penny that was sold that tipped them over the $75,000 to make sure the station didn't get into the grubby, grubby hands of R.J. Fletcher.
0: (laughs) I'm beginning to see the problem here and why you're so bad at movie trivia, (laughs) because you're spending your time watching UHF over and over again on a loop. (laughs)
1: oh i mean that's one of like five movies that i've seen a bunch of times like there aren't a lot of movies that there aren't a lot of movies that i can watch without falling asleep uhf is one of them it's wonderful
0: (laughs) i'm just i'm just i'm putting it in the tank right now if rowan gets it wrong say
1: you're so stupid (laughs) (laughs) i mean if i got it wrong i was probably gonna say that myself So yes. Yeah, I mean, if beat my Guest doesn't work out, you can totally be the next host of Wheel of Fish. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. Sure, I'm. I'm. I'm sure I'm going to pull a ScarJo and, and push Getty an be out of a job.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a
0: sentence I wasn't expecting to say when I woke up this morning.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm full of surprises, and I help everyone around me be full of surprises. <laughs>
0: All right, but back right. to the matter and end here. I think we digressed yeah. a bit too much.
1: <laughs> we digressed quite a bit, but yeah, I'm just kind of thinking through this. I feel, again, pretty clear on what you mean. Um, th- there's a lot of ring of truth to this. I know that commemorative coins are a thing. Um, I'm not sure if the Vatican would... I'm not sure if the Vatican would mint collective coins and, you know, one question I would love to ask, and you can tell me if this is out of bounds, is has the Vatican minted collective coins for the inaugurations of other popes?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the Vatican will not uh, waste any time trying to make money off of any occasion, uh, including whether it be commemorative coins uh, for new popes or uh i mean i think they probably don't go so far as to have uh jerseys with pope's numbers on the back or anything like that. <laughs> but I, I would be surprised if there's some sort of uh commemorative uh souvenir system in place for uh for special occasions
1: so it's like preachers and sneakers but with way cooler hats yeah i mean it's not,
0: you know are they are they gonna are they gonna put uh, black smoke in a can probably not
1: no, no, no. They'd put white smoke in a can because that's the smoke that tells you that you do have the new pope.
0: Ah, yes, but that's the special secret smoke that they don't want anyone getting their hands on.
1: <laughs> if we all had cans of white smoke in our house, we'd all have our own popes, and then there'd be anarchy.
0: <laughs> Protestant dogs, living Reformation
1: living- 2. It's smoking.
0: A pope on every corner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's my way of saying that I'm ready for number three.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's ready for number three at this point. (laughs) Fact. Number three. Mariner One was supposed to be the first NASA spacecraft to do a planetary flyby of Venus. However, it ended up going way off course shortly after its July 1962 launch. When trying to figure out what had gone wrong. It was discovered that a overbar transcription error had occurred. in other words, a hyphen was missing in the code, sending the rocket completely in the wrong direction in order to prevent any casualties on the ground. NASA had to destroy their 18 million dollar investment remotely.
1: All right, Mariner 1 was supposed to be it was supposed to fly by Venus went way off course. July nineteen sixty two launch. You said an overbar transcription error.
0: Yes. it was O-V- Called an overbar. O v e r b a r. All one word. One word. Over. I can. I can explain to you what I mean by overbar transcription. Yeah. Error if I would, you like.
1: I'm curious because I've never heard of an overbar transcription. Yeah. Well, transcription uh,
0: error. it's kind of a shorthand that uh, the NASA scientists use. Uh, there's certain parts of the code that have to do with the uh, trajectory and telemetry of of. Their uh, spacecraft, and uh, one of the things that they use is like a letter R to mean a type of of course. And rather than use other letters, which are, are pigeonholed for other things, they put R with a line on top of it, almost like an accent mark, and that means a different type of of course that is going on. So the difference between courses uh, and whether they 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 do the mathematics smoothly or uh, you know, asymptotically or there's different things. So like an R would mean do it this way, but an R with a bar over it means something completely different. And whoever was transcribing it forgot to put the little bar on top of the R. Uh, so it's an over bar, but When they announced it, you know, they figured people aren't going to know what that is. They're probably going to have a lot of questions, so they just said, "Yeah, they missed a hyphen."
1: Yeah, so they said they missed a hyphen, but really, it wasn't a trend. It was a uh, an error in transcribing the bar over the letter to signify the different set of code or the different well, the different trajectory that was defined by the set of code or associated with the set of code, and then they had to destroy it. Yeah,
0: as, you know they didn't know where it was going, and uh, they wanted like you know suddenly doing a hard right into a populated area, so they just kind of sent whatever their self destruct sequence is and blew it up in flight.
1: So it was supposed to fly by. It was supposed to fly by Venus, came way off course, and um, they thought there were going to be. They, they were trying to avoid ground casualties, so it was it was coming back to Earth.
0: Yeah, it never it never really went anywhere they like you know it never never got too far up up through the uh, you know you have to maintain a certain speed at a certain course and it's pretty much you go straight up and then you hook kind of thing uh, yeah to, to break through oh, the atmosphere oh so it was on its
1: way off of earth that they self-destructed yes. it yeah it was very it was it very didn't, quickly yeah
0: didn't, yeah, didn't make it, didn't, it to space at all yeah
1: oh got it okay because they were afraid that because of the because of the transcription error, it might. Crash back to Earth and well, kill people. I mean, it's as curious. opposed to going off to Venus or right. I, I'm sure they wouldn't be as afraid of ground casualties. It's like, oh, um, it's gonna hit hale and not Venus, and we know that,
0: right? And it's not a, like a re entry thing where they, you know, could you know, a Skylab situation where it's like it might come that like This was literally they didn't know why it was off course until after. Yeah, they- after they collected they know- all the, the data. Uh, so they they just, you know, they went, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
1: Wow, holy crap. <laughs> so they knew, so they didn't know there was that error until later.
0: Right. It's kind of like you, you, you go back and try to do uh, an autopsy of the event and say, well, what, what went wrong here?
1: The after oh. action
0: report. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay.
0: I think, you know, when we talk hidden figures, we didn't want that figure to be hidden. We wanted that line to be there.
1: <laughs> so, so when they shot it off, it just went somewhere that they didn't figure it was going to go. And they were like, nope, this isn't good. Self-destruct, self-destruct.
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a manned vessel. So there was not that consideration. Yeah. This is very early in the space program. And, and yeah, it's one of those things where you, you can tell right away when a rocket goes off course. Uh, you know, had it, had it, had it been a, a different, you know, had it been something where it got through the atmosphere and was going towards Venus and then went, of course, well, of course, no reason to destroy it. It just.
1: Because it's, you know, it's a planet away anyway. So.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, as you know, you know, the math involved with this stuff, it, a small, tiny fraction of an error uh, can, you know, it's small here, it's a centimeter here turns into millions of miles once it goes further away. So. Oh, yeah. These numbers are crunched. So that's why they were very, very upset when it turned out to be something that stupid.
1: Yeah, that that is how math works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was told there would be no math.
1: <laughs> I think I'm ready for facts. Yes, I'm doing the air quotes. This is an audio medium. So air quote, fact, close air quote, number four.
0: I, I think if there was a way for you to... Uh... Get the idea of air quotes through audio. I think you handled that very well with that uh, triple A in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> so nicely done. All right, here is fact number four. Uh, when Buddy Holly died in the famous plane crash, the whole world mourned. However, his parents were absolutely gobsmacked when the memorial built to the singer in his hometown of Lubbock, Texas, misspelled his name. Conspiracy theorists are quick to note that Richie Valen's tombstone is also misspelled, with his name missing the T. When people look at the Big Bopper's tombstone, they often mistakenly think there's a typo in there as well. But he did, in fact, spell his real name, Giles, with a J. All
1: right, so... This is kind of interesting because you talk about the Buddy Holly plane crash and I'm getting flashbacks because I I don't know how many of y'all who listen have ever done the University of Chicago scavenger hunt. It's fantastic and I love it and I can't wait until there's either not a plague anymore or at least we have this thing under control enough to actually get back together and do it in person and do things like scavenger hunt road trips Because one of the places I went, this was 2012. The road trip took us to Clear Lake, Iowa, where we visited the surf ballroom, where they did their last ever concert, as well as the field where the plane crashed. They've actually got this huge set of, like a statue as a memorial of Buddy Holly glasses in the cornfield. And... This is actually something I was weirdly fascinated with when I was a kid. I read a couple of books about Buddy Holly. I I grew up listening to the Oldies Station. Actually, my first exposure to trivia was morning music trivia on Oldies 100.7 in Raleigh, North Carolina, back in the late 80s. That was some of the first trivia I ever played. And... You know, I don't remember all of these facts, but Buddy Holly being from Lubbock sounds familiar. Richie Valens's tombstone missing the T sounds familiar. I even just, it's very quiet, but there's something plucking in my brain about a misspelled Buddy Holly name on a memorial. So if... If this is a fake one, I think you've done a darn good job of faking it because as someone who went through a Buddy Holly phase when they were maybe seven or eight, this is ringing a lot with me. Now, <laughs> so. now
0: I, I mean, my my knowledge of Buddy Holly and, and his uh, discography, not very great, but would it be appropriate for me to say, oh boy?
1: <laughs> when you're with me, that would be an appropriate thing to say.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> so I was like
0: Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope that is that that is Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Very So go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really don't have. I really don't have a whole lot to ask about this one, just because. No, I should be asking you. It's, <laughs> it's something that is. It's something that is pretty well in my wheelhouse, and. I I understand it and I'm actually I'm actually pretty sure that this one is true facts, which means I think it's down to a one in three shot of finding the thing that is not true. and you know what I think I'm ready to guess.
0: Okay, good so uh, we have once again reviewing for anyone who, uh... I don't know, you can always rewind, so I don't know why you would have missed something, but uh, fact number one, bonobos. Fact number two, Lizus. Fact number three, the overbar transcription error. And fact number four, all about the day the music died. Uh, Rowan, please explain to me your reasoning and your make your final selection. Folks at home, you can do that too.
1: All right, I... You know the The other three are just things I don't have enough information to really jump on like the buddy holly one i i like I, I like science and math, although when I thought I was going to be a physicist, I thought I was going to be a particle physicist, not an astrophysicist of any sort, just because the the, the large numbers and time frames in space scared the crap out of me, so I gravitated towards the small. And yeah, biology, never my huge thing. Papal history, never my huge thing. But, you know, sometimes things sort of strike me as this seems weird, sort of just a vague something rotten in the state of Denmark thing. And out of all these things, the thing that strikes me the most as something being rotten in the state of Denmark is that in the Fairly short period of time it would take for them to send off this Mariner 1 spacecraft and decide that it was going off course and they were afraid that it was going to crash. I'm just not sure that, I'm just not sure that if they were afraid it was going to crash in the Earth, they would have necessarily had time to hit the self-destruct. I think if it was off course, it would have either been off course into space or at least up high enough that it would have kind of exploded or burned up in the atmosphere. So I am going to say that the false one is... Number three, about the overbar transcription error on Mariner 1. Final answer. Final answer.
0: I mean, you know, might as well throw the Regis impersonation back <laughs> into the mix. <laughs> so you believe that fact number one, bonobos were supposed to be called Balobos, but they made a spelling mistake on the shipping crate. You believe that is indeed a fact. And that is indeed a fact absolutely true yeah uh, they should be called bonobo monkeys
1: <laughs> but they're bonobo monkeys and you can't really go back when we're all calling them bonobo monkeys Well, it,
0: it's, it's also one of those things but once you like actually officially sign the documents and, and name it like they don't really care how you came up with the name you could name it after your sister-in-law or your you know so oh, there's some... all
1: kinds of species named after actors and singers and fictional characters and I wouldn't be surprised if there are some other misspelled or mistransliterated species.
0: Absolutely. But uh, bonobos, actually, bonobos let us go to the Vatican and whether or not they minted all those coins. And that is also true. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I mean, it was it was in Latin, so technically I suppose it was because the U was a V but But that's hard to say and it would have been Jesus had it been right but yeah they uh, they're not really sure what happened there other than perhaps like you said you know the I's used for J's and somewhere along there they turned into an L and nobody noticed so uh, yeah it was it was and they, they, they collected them all as quickly as they can but four of them were sold and they're out there and they're probably worth a lot of money. Kind of like uh, you said, you know, the, those misprints. I mean, you know, we all know how uh, about the inverted Jenny stamp and how people go crazy over that. This this is pretty much probably worth a lot if you could find it on the open market.
1: <laughs> if I find Elizabeth's coin in the cushions of my couch, I'll let you know. Okay,
0: very good. Yeah. And, you know, again, it wasn't like it was Pope Francis with an E. I mean... <laughs>
1: That Although the, the thing that these pope coins have going for them is they're actually made of gold and not, you know, internet memes. Very I'll take very... a Lesbis coin over a, you know, doge coin any day of the week and twice. Yeah. On some days.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted an NFT? I only have some NFPs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are left with number three and number four. And you seem pretty darn sure that you knew everything that was to know about Buddy Holly. I didn't say I knew
1: everything there was to know. I felt like I knew enough to be dangerous, which sometimes the pride goeth before the fall.
0: Well, I hope you were wearing your seatbelt, and quite frankly, I hope you lost the coin toss and didn't get on the plane at all because you're about to crash and burn the fiction is number four. Oh, <laughs> here's let's explain here now obviously the three people um most famously who who perished in the crash the musicians buddy holly richie valens and the big bopper uh it is true that uh the big bopper's tombstone is spelled Giles with a J, but that is in fact his real name. That part that part is completely true. But when people are starting to build conspiracy theories, of course, they're gonna say, hey, Giles, it must be with a G, because I've never heard of anyone with a J. Uh no, his name was Giles with a J, and that's how it is on his tombstone. Uh Richie Vallens, there actually is no nothing spelled wrong on Richie valens tombstone. It it has it it has the T. People think that's a mistake because they think his name is spelled R-I-C-H-I-E. Again but it is R-I-T-C-H-I-E.
1: And it says on his tombstone, R-I-T-C-H-I-E. Yeah,
0: it is correct. Oh,
1: okay. But it
0: also says Richard Valens, which was his full name, and that doesn't have a T. Yeah. So that, that's where people think, oh, clearly it's spelled wrong. No, not spelled wrong.
1: Oh, of course. I should have caught that because his name is like Richard Valensuela or something and right. not Richie Valens. Oh, I'm yeah. kicking myself. That's it's so it. obvious now. Uh, And
0: uh, Buddy Holly's name is spelled wrong uh, on his tombstone if you think his name is spelled B-U-D-D-Y-H-O-L-L-Y. But of course, that was just his stage name. His parents were thrilled that they spelled it H-O-L-L-E-Y because that's his birth name.
1: That's his birth name. Okay.
0: So all three people, as it turns out, have have names that are spelled correctly on their tombstones that people mistakenly think are spelled wrong, but none of them are are spelled wrong.
1: See, that makes so much sense. Like I said, I knew just enough to be dangerous and make myself look like a total doofus. (laughs) uh well don't feel too bad because uh you know
0: these are supposed to be tricky and i think uh proof of concept thank you very much yeah. for getting it wrong uh yeah <laughs> uh fact number three was fact number three uh mariner one. everything i said was true There, the a simple line missing from the top of the r and it went spiraling out of control and off and they were like oh where's that going i don't know isn't town over there? Yeah, town's over there. Um, so
1: let's blow the spacecraft. Let's at, just
0: yeah, yeah. How far does yeah. it just get rid of it? Get rid of it. It's, it's clear, clear, clear. <laughs> and you know, sprinkling a few parts is better than having it like go into a crowded uh, football field or something. Who knows what was in the and, and I'm
1: I'm glad they had the safety mechanism. That that makes sense. I just didn't figure that. Yeah, I. Guess I undershot the amount of time that people would have to make that decision and blow up the spacecraft if they thought that it was. I
0: mean, you know, these I I, I don't have in front of me which which where the landing, you know, where the where the launch pad was in relation. But you know, you think would you know on the edge of the water maybe and and okay, there's a lot of ocean there, and oh, it's going towards the land, uh-oh, uh <laughs> But it's probably far enough away for the, there's no looky, looky-loos, so there's probably a little bit of wiggle room there uh, before it gets into the populated area. But you know what's coming in. Who knows, maybe we'll do like a complete uh, 180 and then head straight towards Mission Control. <laughs> <laughs> because as you know, what goes
1: up? Must come down.
0: Uh, unless you blow it up first. Uh, much like your chances of winning this game,
1: but... <laughs> that's okay. I am
0: thrilled. Rowan, I'm thrilled that you were here. I'm thrilled that you were able to uh, play, and I hope you had a good time.
1: Oh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on here.
0: Yeah, it is my pleasure. Before I kick you out the hot seat, is there anything else you'd like to say, share, pimp, bug, or simply just state for all time?
1: Thank you so much. Um, As usual, the one thing I will plug is If you're a friend are considering getting a horse, why not consider an Off-Track Thoroughbred? Off-Track Thoroughbreds are awesome and there are Off-Track Thoroughbreds you can do basically anything you want from a riding horse for you and your family all the way up to like upper level of venting. Consider an Off-Track Thoroughbred. I volunteer for Cantor Chicago but there are a lot of really off-track thoroughbred is probably one in your area so yeah check out canter check out the thoroughbred retirement fund check out off-track thoroughbreds
0: and uh check out our next podcast which will be coming very soon to a podcast player near you thank you rowan for being in the hot seat you may leave. uh thank you all for listening we'll be back next time another exciting episode until then everybody take care and bye bye
1: yay <laughs> that was so much fun did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you
0: tell us all about it on facebook at beat my guest the fam's hot seat if you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible we ain't gonna say no to that find us at patreon.com slash beat and if you liked what you heard spread the word this is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson Bill in production